Welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Shank, coming to you from our store in Seymour, Missouri. Each week with my co-host and Missouri Wind and Solar's general manager, David McDerris, we discuss the latest on self-reliant energy. Check out our additional educational information, including dates for our hands-on workshops conducted in Seymour, on our website, windandsolar.com. Thank you for listening to our podcast, and if you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing. Okay, so we've got uh, a fun one today because I've got this piece of equipment in my house. I wish I could sit here and tell you that I could do the talk on it, but I can't. (laughs) And so I'm going to get David here to explain to me about the VRD. And what this kind of boils down to is having a wind turbine and lithium batteries and why we need to use the Classic and the VRD, why they're so critical in that. And so let's back up. We should have the, you know, woo, 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 going back in time. So this used to not be a problem, right? It When we were primarily in lead acid or the AGMs. We could use almost any controller we wanted. It wasn't as efficient as this one, but we could still use it and not destroy our batteries, not okay. you know, have any ill effects on the batteries. So what we're going to do is we're going to step back and kind of big picture of this. So the big picture on this is if you want to have a wind turbine, you have to have batteries. They go together like peanut butter and jelly, like peas and carrots. You got to have them together. And so obviously in the last five years in particular has been the rise of the lithiums. And the lithium has really been our shift. While we still sell a lot of lead acid and AGM, which is again, still is lead acid, but the lithium market is going to overtake all of that yes already has overtaken and it's just a matter of there's still applications for agm and flood of lead acid there's still that and we've got several different podcasts out there on that if you the biggest one being environment temperature that sort of thing but anyhow so for years when they were lead acid lead acid you can be mean to you can do all kinds of yeah. cruel things to Brutal. them <laughs> and they'll just usually bounce back. There'll be some things that you could do that it won't bounce back from. They'll usually bounce back from the charging, but it's the discharging that they really don't like. And so now we get into the lithiums. And the problem with the lithiums and working with the wind turbine is... The voltage input range. Right. And that's because the wind turbine can vary so... Very, very greatly. It can have a 200-volt range on it. And so that means when you're saying that, explain that to me right there. So So I've got a 48-volt wind turbine out in my pasture. It can literally range. I mean, if there's no wind, of course, we're at zero, right? Just like there would be if there was no sun on solar. But it can also range up to 200 volts on the input because of the overall wind speed. Why does that happen if it's 48-volt? Okay, so a wind turbine, our wind turbines, the PMG, is all based off rotational speed or the rotor inside the stator. The faster I spin my rotor inside the stator, the more electrical field I produce. And during that, it's on a curve and it will produce greater voltage and greater amperage going up the curve, literally limiting it out to the actual blades that are upon the wind turbine. There's only so much energy in the wind. And so if we only have a set of blades that are so many meters squared, then that's the maximum amount of energy we so, can take out of it. What you're telling me, or am I restating this right, is that the difference between a 12, 24, and 48-volt wind turbine 
is the components, the copper, right. et cetera. And yes. then that changes the wind curve on it? Yes, that changes the wind curve. And what you said was exactly correct. What changing between the two, the rotor is the exact same rotor, okay? So it's just either a, it's a 14 mag or 28 mag, depending on which generator you get from us. The copper windings on the stator are what dictates 12, 24, and 48. So a 12-volt stator will have literally four times less winds of copper on the stator. It will be bigger copper, so it can handle a higher amperage versus the 48-volt, which will do a lot higher voltage, less amperage. So does the 12 have a lower startup speed? All of them are based off of 266 RPM on the actual voltage produced. That's where they meet battery voltage is 266 RPM. Yeah, but is it easier to spin up a 12-volt than a 48-volt? No. No, they all spin at the exact same rate. They all take, depending on the blade set and the battery chemistry, there's lots of things to go into this, so you're not going to pin me down on this one. Is cost the only factor that you're looking at? Cost, and then overall, your actual battery bank voltage. So you might be in a 12-volt battery bank, and you don't need that 48-volt to go in there. Now, if you were running through an MPPT, it would be fine because all it's going to do is immediately start. It's going to buck down. As you would tell your MPPT that right. my batteries are 12. Yeah, they're 12 volt. It's going to do all that math. And through the magic of the M midnight, it's going to take it down to where it needs to be at. So it's possible through there. But a lot of people start off, they didn't start with our midnight controller. They started maybe with the three PAL or the Sky 440 board or something of that nature, and then moved over into it once they got into lithium batteries. Well, that generator is already stated for that. So Okay. As usual, I took us down a rabbit hole. So, no, that's fine. So old school, we would have had just a set of probably AGMs, but maybe some just lit S. But they're sitting there, and they're 48 volts, and then we've got the wind turbine spinning up. And it's going into just a mechanical charge controller that's looking at the the state of the batteries and deciding. Yeah, it's just coming through the rectifier and then whatever amperage and voltage it's making. And it's looking and saying, okay, your batteries are at 40 Right. Let's say they're they're at 52 volts. and Send it to it. Yeah. It's sending it on. And then on the old mechanical one, it would just say, okay, send it on. And then once it would reach like say 54.4. I'm not going to say the yeah. exact number, but it say, let's just say that your high point was set at 54.5. When it hit 54.5, it would open a, a contact and say, okay, you need to divert the energy from the wind turbine. And what it would do at that point, if the turbine wasn't making enough power, it would divert some energy out of the battery because that resistor that would be on there doesn't know not to take all the the resistance that it wants. So if it was 1,200 watts on there, it would take 1,200 watts. So if your turbine was producing 1,000, it would take 200 watts from that battery for a very short period of time, right? I mean, just kind of like microwave is on for five minutes. It's a 1,000-watt microwave. Well, it didn't use a 1,000 watts. It only used a 1,000 divided by you know, 60 and then take it down to five for five minutes. That's how much energy it used. But the bottom line is it would take 200 volts for however long to get that battery up. Right. Yeah. It would just send that all into that battery. And that's what makes it less efficient for one of the, like the Sky 440 or the three pal. They're less efficient because they don't have that module in them that knows how to step that voltage down and up that amperage because that's what the midnight does it comes in at a high voltage and steps that down so so why does it matter in the lithium then because a lithium unlike the agm and the flooded lead acid that we talked about that can take mike tyson punching them in the face repeatedly lithiums can't do that and will not do that because they have a bms system in them that will not allow them to do that so they have a very set limited range 
of the low voltage range and on the upper range as well. So if we exceed that upper range, which that, is like what what would it be on a forty eight volt system? Forty eight, like I simplify, is the upper limit's going to be somewhere around fifty eight volts. Wow! Well, so it really good. has to do a lot on yeah. if we've got a lot of wind. Yeah. So what it's going to take is there again lower voltage and higher amperage into it. It can take pretty good amps into it, but it just can't take that real high voltage into it. So it can take a big amount of charge and that's what that midnight's going to do. You're going to program that wind curve. Remember I talked about the curve of it. There's a wind curve in this VRD board in the midnight that's going to allow it that you program that in. And our guys, I hear them daily talking about this and this is something that I've been trying to learn myself, you know, as I'm talking with the people it's not hard. It's just extensive. You have to make sure. And it's something you so definitely want to know. The, what's the gist of the programming? So is it just saying? Yeah. So what's a 16 point curve that you're going to program into it. And so there again, just making up numbers, you may say, okay, uh, 48 volts. I want you to give half an amp. Okay. So when that turbine spins up to 48 volts, it will immediately say, okay, I'm going to start throwing a half an amp of energy at the battery bank. And then at 49 volts, you may say, give it one. Okay, so this kind of goes back to, because this is one of those things that I always had trouble wrapping my brain around, is that we'd always get the question on YouTube videos, always a question, is putting out 200 volts. And it's like, well, what are the amps? What are the amps? What are the amps? And you're like, well, the amps are whatever the midnight decides the amps are. Right. Yeah, so that on solar, but that's the great thing about the VRD is you can kind of play with these numbers. We have a set number, right? That says, okay, our five blade. That is really based upon a starting point. Your battery chemistry may be a little bit different than ours. And so you may change that. You know, people can tweak those numbers a bit and get the best production. Well, of them. But what you're telling me, unless I, unless I totally missed it here, is whatever voltage is coming out of there, we don't know what the amperage is. Right. Because we don't know what the battery state is and what the midnight is seeing and deciding what to set it to. So it's a question you can't answer. Right. Yeah, it's pretty much unanswerable. You can give it the range that if it's in this range, you want it to be given a certain amount. What that does is it takes unduly. If you didn't have that program in there, what would happen is you would see your turbine spin up and then all of a sudden you would see it like slam, just slam down. I mean, because all of a sudden it would start taking massive amounts of amperage away from it. And so it would just put an extensive load on it that it couldn't handle. And so this thing, we're letting it ramp up and not ever fault itself out. So you're getting the most out of your wind turbine, not just getting the best out of your battery bank. You're getting the most efficiency out of your wind I mean, turbine as well. Of, because it is all aerodynamics i mean it's like creating a stall right yes that's exactly we're trying to not create the stall because we're trying to feather it as you would with the gas of the wind we're trying to feather it so it keeps in running true and that vrd also has with their vrd a lot of people say well can't i just use my midnight to do that but the problem is is we have to keep load and to keep that voltage in check and we do that through our vrd the vrd is the voltage reducer and so what it does is put excess load upon that turbine and say, and this is for high wind events. This is for. So this may be another situation that we get a lot of comments about is where the wind turbine is spinning, but it's not generating, right? Is because we don't know necessarily where that state of charge is. And if it's at the higher end of that, would we say it was the higher end of the 48 volts is... I mean, 54, 55, somewhere, 54. You know, depending. Say it's 54 and a half, 
the same speed that you were able to charge with at 50 is not the same speed that's going to be able to charge it that higher, right? That you could have at 48, right? Because the resistance value is greater. And it's got to overcome that. So you could be in a situation where the it's just as those batteries get full, you're going to require more wind. That's correct. You're going to require more wind to, to overcome that, especially through the VRD. You know, it may be that the batteries just don't want that energy. You know, a lot of people look at the VRD, especially when it goes into absorb and it goes into float. And they say, my wind turbine is not producing anything hardly. I mean, it's just, you know, and it's out there spinning like crazy. Well, that's because the midnight is, I've always used the analogy, the gas can is getting pretty close to full and it doesn't want to spill the gas out over on the ground. And so it's really eased off how much gas it's even putting in because it doesn't want to boil it over. That's another thing, you know, a lot of people don't realize that that is capable of doing that. So it does a trickle charge basically into the batteries. It slows it down just a couple amps. If you're having a good wind event, and let's say you're having good 20, 25 mile an hour winds, which is a good charging day, right? Yeah, that's a good wind event. And say we've had steady winds and now you're at the top end of that. You were charging all night because that would be a good situation where you had solar for the day, you've charged all night, and then you're into the morning. That wind that you had during the night that was charging is not enough to overcome. So if it's not enough to overcome, is the VRD or the midnight telling it now to dump it over to basically the resistors or is the fact that it can't overcome that? It just won't. What will happen is you'll start seeing the two incoming voltages and outgoing voltages be very matched. And if that's matched, then they're not producing any energy into the batteries. I know we have to have resistors out there. The resistors are for the higher wind. Okay, so they're to keep the voltage in check, the high voltage in check. Because All of a sudden, that it classic, spikes up to 50 miles right, an hour. Yeah, that classic, the maximum input voltage on that is 250 volts input. And that's why we use, on the 48 volt, that's why we use the 250 when we build that. It's called the CBU. So really, the resistors RD. should not be used. They will hardly ever be enacted. They are a protection. They're kind of like a breaker. They're really for over protection is what they are. They're for an event that's much greater than we want it to be. And just trying to keep that in check. Same way as a breaker is. Because okay, so so. it's got to be heat, right? So it's generating, you're at 50, 55 volts. It's generating something. It's generating the deal there, the heat. There's not going to be any heat as so long as there is an out, there's some sort of outlet. The outlet is still into the batteries. It's just through the batteries and the controller. The controller may get, I say, a little bit warmer, not much at all, by the way. I mean, and the cooling fans and the controller would just immediately dissipate any kind of heat that was. Is it just like. The equivalent of is a break in the turbine? Is it just similarly breaking the turbine? But instead of putting a brake on it and causing it to slow down, it's just saying, okay, anytime you're ready to go, I'm ready to take the energy. The midnight sitting there, stand. anytime you're ready to ramp up beyond this number, you know what I mean? It's like the barrel's full. Anytime you're willing to put a little bit more in, I'm willing to overfill the barrel, you know, type of deal. So the resistors on the VRD are really only designed for high wind. They're to put excess load on the turbine so as it to pull it down where it cannot over exceed the voltage, the maximum input voltage on that controller. The nice thing about the VRD is once it's programmed, and this is at your house, I mean, once we had it programmed with all the set point, there's really nothing to have to do because it remembers all this data. Even if 
for some reason the batteries were turned off or it's got MOSFETs in it that's going to remember this as soon as you turn the batteries back on it knows exactly where to be back at it knows the programming you know that you had the only way it would not is if it was turned off for an extensive period of time and then maybe a reprogram engine but yeah that's the vrd and what it's and there again it is crucial that you use it matter of fact we will not sell the mechanical controllers for a lithium battery yeah, bank. we know you've got lithium. We know we, we won't sell it to you, you know, even if you just try to buy it online. If we knew that, we wouldn't allow it to go through to you because what is going to happen is it's going to shut that BMS off and now that's going to cause major effects on many different things. The controller, maybe you have a solar controller also coming into that as well. There's no battery power now going because once the battery shuts off, it's not sending any data out to anywhere for any of the, because you can't have multiple controllers on the same, you know. So if you're using a Midnight or a Solark, Wes's case is he uses a Solark, which is an all-in-one controller. It's an inverter and the controller in the same deal. We wouldn't want the wind turbine to use a mechanical style controller and cause that battery's BMS to shut down because that would then turn around and turn off a Solark as well, you know. So we would definitely want to keep those all in the working parameters and lithium has the smallest window of working parameters unlike the agm but they're still one of the best batteries on the market so this comes with that little nuance about them though all right anything else we need to know about nope just if you got any questions on it at all just make sure you give the guys or i a call here at the store and we will be more happy to explain it more or come to the workshop come to the workshop would be the best way because i talk about it extensively there thanks for tuning in thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today If you have a question you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast or just want to say hello, email us at radio at windandsolar.com. As always, check out our store at windandsolar.com and buy some stuff. Your financial support underwrites our educational outreach like the podcast, YouTube channel, and local STEM collaboration. It also keeps Lucy and her doggy chicken treats. Thanks again for listening.